Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. What a day. What, What a week in the NFL. We completely threw away the show notes we had. And you guys know how I am with my show notes. But we have a great show lined up for you. And to bring it home for everybody tonight, we have Mr. Dan Lamagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's up, Dan? Man, I'm excited for tonight. It's been a wild day here. I'm, I mean, I'm home now after my sixth and seventh graders, uh, you know, did me proud tonight. Six game win streak. We go to our our version of a conference title on Thursday. So we're excited about that. And then, you know, the NFL needs to make announcements when like the, the news is going to blow up during the day. You know, I have all these meetings during the day. I see our discord blowing up and. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it now. It's all pent up. It was a big day. And I honestly think it was possibly the most exciting off season day for dynasty maybe ever. But, but before we get there, I know this man has a few things to say. Well, we hold on, hold on. I, he doesn't even let me to introduce him. You know who he is. It's Mitch Sorensen at Dino MC on Twitter. Come on, Mitch. So like, I know you guys weren't going to use any reason you could to skip over what happened this previous week after our last show. And I know there was one or two news things that happened today, but nothing is more important than what happened during the combine when your guys' favorite running back that you were just talking, oh, he's so wonderful. Kyron goes out there and runs a 4.72 on a track to where like offensive linemen were running four sixes. I mean, Hey, that was unofficial. I'm just glad I wasn't in that position to where now I have to find other news to cover up for my news from last week. Cause Kenneth Walker was kind of okay. I don't know. JB has just flipped the script on this whole narrative you have, Mitch. He's got like a new running back today. He's bringing a combine backs to the show. Every diversion he could create. Good job, JB. I'm proud of you. I know. For those of you that have not tuned in on the Dynasty Theory YouTube channel, I had the chance to sit down one-on-one with running back from Arizona State, Rashad White. It was a lot of fun. Like I said, eight minutes. Check it out. It was a, it was a very nice interview. I, I thought it went very well. But like I told you guys before we started recording tonight, before we went live, I said, I went, I had to put something together to cover my ass here. And this is what I meant. So really quick, we get down to 109 to 111. If I were in a startup today that had rookies included, not not placeholders, but actual rookies included, or I was in a pre-NFL draft rookie draft, because of the way I look at risk, I would not take Kyron at this spot. So that was my asterisk. That was my, that was the way I got out. That was the escape hatch right there. Cause I, I, I was, hold, hold on. I was sitting there today and I was thinking, okay, I know Mitch is going to attack Dana myself, Kyron Williams. He's still finishing up his 40 yard dash for the record. Officially it was four, six, five. That 472 is unofficial. But I was like, I know I talked about this. So I have something to cover my behind. That was it right there. That was it. Right. And we've opened all these rookie shows saying, hey, we're still gathering information. It's early in the process. This is new information that John and I needed, Mitchell. We adjusted accordingly because we're no take lock here. We're flexible. You should have learned beforehand, but it's okay. Anyways, I guess we could talk about that other stuff that happened today. 
Well, like I said, we did have a really nice show lined up discussing the NFL combine, specifically the running backs. And then also our wide receiver rundown, similar to what we did for quarterbacks and running backs. That is probably going to be moved to a Patreon exclusive show because the NFL said, guys, we have something that you need to talk about. And we have a whole laundry list of things. First of all, we haven't spoken on air since we found out that Calvin Ridley is suspended for one year and then he can reapply for uh, he can apply for reinstatement. Now he is able to appeal this. I think they had, he had three days or five days to appeal. I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know if he has a chance to win that, but for dynasty fantasy purposes, how are you guys viewing Calvin Ridley, whether you have him on your roster, or you don't, because I've taken a firm stand. So I'll provide my thought in a minute here, but Mitch, what do you got? I'm out. I mean, I was pretty out before this news even dropped just because of what happened last year. Um, but he's going to be two years at a minimum, pretty much two years out of football. And at that point, I don't want a 30-year-old wide receiver that's more than likely going to be moving to a new team. It's just, it's not something I'm looking for. I actually traded him in a league, a 14 team, and I got a 22 third-round pick and then a 23 fourth-round pick. And I know that's really low, right? I sent an offer out for a 23 second to every single team in the league. That was the offer that I got. I was in that league and I, I rejected it because I'm I'm and I rejected I'm moving it too. Him for a second. Mitch didn't even give me a chance to counter. No negotiation. I just see a third and a fourth later. I'm like, you know what? I, I want to compete with that. Didn't you send me a fourth and only a fourth? A fourth and a bum player. No, I think yeah. you're Deshaun Jackson right. or something. But I was it was my starting point. I was I thought we were starting a negotiation. Yeah, I'm with Mitch, though. I'm out at a certain price, and what I've moved him for, the one was a random 23-second. I was happy to get out at that price. Again, there were question marks around Calvin Ridley to begin with, you know, and and not to say, and, and I, you know, I not to make light of the situation, just because he did place these wagers, no matter how big or small it is, doesn't mean that he does not have mental health concerns. Like it's not a, a one or the other. Um, so I think that's something that still needs to be thought of when we're discussing Calvin Ridley. So the, the gambling aside, the one year suspension aside, what's that going to look like in a year? Or is he just going to say, heck, I, I made a few dollars. I'm good. JB, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned the mental health thing kind of got dropped for a little bit, it seemed. And it's like, did that just go away? And, and this just feels different than any other situation we've been talking about in the last couple of years. You know, I'm with Mitch. I was, I was kind of out before, and now I'm definitely out because it's another year removed. But also out because it is just so different than, like, we've had so many of these conversations. You know, the cream hunts, the Tyree kills, yada, yada. But this is different. And whether and there was a lot of good conversation in our Discord about – you know, the NFL botching them, their punishments and being inconsistent and one thing being worse than the other, all opinions aside, this is new territory. I mean, this is Pete Rose territory to us, which normally is like lifetime, but I, I get the feeling the NFL is not going to handle it like major league baseball, but I am left with a lot more questions and answers, answers from the mental health to the gambling. This is new territory. In another spot, I moved Calvin Ridley and what was it? 405 in 2022 for 212 and Hunter Long 12 team super flex. Again, I, I, I would have paid a third and a fourth 
if, if Mitch came back to me or, I, you know, I was busy. I'm doing a lot of things for Dynasty Theory behind the scenes. I don't have time to deal with Mitch's crap offers, one of which is still sitting in my inbox. That Dalton Schultz offer you sent me. Holy oh, that crap. was great. I, I won't even <laughs> respond to it. I won't, But anyway, back to Calvin Ridley. You know, there, there's that concern sitting out two years, essentially. What What is that going to look like? And I, he might come back, turns 29 during the 23 season. I think in December. So could he still put together a year or two? Sure. But you're going to have to sit on him. And that's, you know, hopefully your bench is deep enough in most of our dynasty leagues. They are. So that's not a concern, but you're sitting on him. He's not going to uh, rise in value anytime soon. Let me cash out. Let me get an asset that is going to be more desirable to a greater number of managers in my leagues the 23 picks and let's go from there. So that's where I am. I, I wouldn't do the third and fourth though. At this point, it's not even for sure. He's going to be back in 2023. He can apply for reinstatement. I think the NFL is going to take such a hard line with this because we know what's going on right now. All the States are legalized gambling. The last thing you could have is players betting on the games. I know that there was like a lot of light made fun of it on Twitter and everywhere else. But the NFL cannot allow that to happen. I would not be shocked if they say, no, you're going to set out 2023 too. Like the NFL just is going to take a very hard line with it. And they're going to take the stance of like, hey, we all know you guys probably do it on the side. But just don't get caught doing it. In fact, is he got caught and he's going to be the one that's going to be made the example of. Like Dan talked about the punishments and are they fair? Is it uh, consistent across the board? Hey, player A gets four games for this, six games for this really serious issues, but then Calvin Ridley bets $1,500, he says, which is like, you know, not even a dollar <laughs> to us, really. Um, but it doesn't matter if the punishment fits the crime. It, it's, it's, it's a it role. Becomes a business, it becomes a business decision here because right. all the past, like the NFL seems to have taken a stance of all the domestic incidents, of all the drug inc incidents. They take like a rehab approach. You know, we're going to rehabilitate. We're going to give these players X amount of chances. But now when you're you're dipping into, you know, partnership deals with DraftKings and, and other companies and, and gambling being a part of it and opening up now, they're not going to interfere. So there's a lot more risk to Mitch's point that this could go, you know, longer than two years. And last thing I'll say on the issue, it's people were saying about these punishments not fitting the crimes. Why are we surprised that the NFL is making decisions based on money? Why are we, like, why are we surprised by this? It, it ultimately, it is a business. And if they believe that these types of things are going to affect their bottom line, they're going to take a stand. Bill so. Walsh used to always say the NFL is not full of the best and the brightest. And he was right. And I think in these cases, you look at ownership and the commissioner, the commissioner who works for the owners, man, it's, they're in their whole other world here. Yeah, and the, the John Bauer jersey curse certainly continues. Calvin Ridley jersey is actually sitting right next to me. Allen Robinson right in front of him. I, Who knows what's going to happen with him. But anyway, so that's our thought on Calvin Ridley. Don't want to spend too much time on it. Of course, we sp spent a little bit more than we probably should have. Aaron Rodgers, four-year extension, $200 million, like $150 million guaranteed. How are we looking at this from a dynasty perspective? 38 years old. Is he moving up, down our rankings, our tiers? 
you know, it's tough to go out and acquire him now at the previous price. Are you looking to move him, Dan? What are you doing with him? You know, I always struggle with age discrimination, so I'm not really like all over Rodgers, but but I put him in like that Tom Brady class where we were with Brady a year ago. Like, I think we all thought we we're going to get at least one more year out of Brady. Unfortunately, we didn't. So, like, I think you're good for two years more of the GOAT, hopefully three. You know, it just depends on health and, and the state of that team. But, you know, hey, if I could get Rodgers at a John Bauer uh, price-dependent uh, deal and I've got a super flex quarterback for, for two, three years – um, but ultimately to me today, it's not really just big news. It just makes it a little bit more stable. If I am drafting Rogers and he falls, falls to me in a startup and green Bay stays relevant for another couple of years. Cause we know that team was getting written off of him and Adams left. They stay relevant and they stay a contender. He certainly does have that stability that you talked about at least more so than he did just a day ago. For me, he's still in that 13 to 15 range. He's 38 years old, turns 39 here in December of the 22 season who's to say he's not in the spotlight again demanding this or something happen I, I i don't know you know i can't put him over those top 12 but if you want to take him at 13 i'm okay with that we know his ceiling but still we also know how vulnerable these assets are when they hit a certain age it's it's a concern so for me, I'm probably just a little bit higher than John. Like, I'll take Rodgers now. I dropped him a little bit before because I didn't know if he was going to retire or not, right? But now I'll take him over Lance. I'll take him over Wilson. I'll take him over Hertz, Jones, Wilson, Tannehill. Sorry, Zach Wilson. Um, but probably behind, like, Stafford and Lawrence. So he's just in that tier. Like, I'll always like Rodgers more than I'll like Wilson. I mean, preview for in the future of this episode. But... He's just in that really weird tier of like, he's not someone I really want. I'm okay if I have him. I'm never going to go out and trade for him. Like, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and be like, you know what? In this league, I need Aaron Rodgers on my team. But at the same time, I'm not going to move him anymore to where, like, I was very, very worried going into this offseason that I was going to have a few teams that maybe they lost Brady. Maybe they lost Rodgers. Maybe I had a Daniel Jones. Then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't have three quarter. I don't have two quarterbacks in a super flex league. That's exactly it. You hit the nail on the head. If you have them on your roster, now you don't feel like you're forced to get them off your roster. You're not saying, hey, that clock is ticking and it's ticking quickly. I better move him now, especially if let's say he goes somewhere. And I don't think he ever would have gone to a bad situation. Like that probably wasn't in the cards, but retirement based on what we're hearing, it was certainly a possibility whether or not it was actually a possibility. That's no story at this point irrelevant, but he, he, he solidifies himself. Whereas before, you know, what's the difference between cousins and Rogers? Well, now I, I do believe because of this contract, because of the money involved, the guaranteed portion, especially Rodgers has solidified himself in that territory that I previously mentioned. If we're going to put some, some trade thoughts here. All right, Mitch, 12 team super flex. I assume you're still taking the one Oh one over Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. The one Oh two. Yeah. One of three is where I draw the line just because I think I could probably get, if Willis ends up going pretty high, I take Willis over him. Brace Hall's probably going to have the dynasty value that takes him over Rodgers. But that 103 is the point to where, you know, it's it's pretty iffy on what I want to do. 
Now, if somebody has Aaron Rodgers on their team and they were contemplating entering a rebuild, they wanted to see what was going to happen with him, would you move your 105 if it was a 105 of a team you acquired? I was just thinking 105. If if I'm looking to win this year, the problem is if I have the 105, I'm probably not very good. And no, no, you, you acquired that via okay. trade. I acquired it. Then, yeah, yeah, then I do it. Where are you, Dan, in terms of just draft picks? And then we'll go to cross-positional. I'm right with Mitch. I mean, I love to get Malik Willis. Brees Hall is probably too good to pass up. And then, you, to me, you get into wide receiver territory unless some other quarterback gets drafted in the ideal position, maybe. Um, but, again, you don't want to get stuck without a quarterback in super flex. So, th- there's a lot of depth at wide receiver. So I'm right where Mitch is. Mitch T. Higgins or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers or Joe Mixon, Dan? Joe Mixon. I mean, it depends on the roster makeup, though. Yeah, that's the tough thing. And I think it depends on your league construct as well. We're in some leagues where running backs, they're impossible to acquire. Mm -hmm. And some where quarterbacks will not move unless it's a severe overpay. So your submarket, I always talk about the submarket, your submarket, which is your league, certainly dictates that a little bit. But I I think that's kind of the, the threshold. You start to get a little bit lower on the running backs. Rodgers or Derrick Henry, you're taking Rodgers. Rogers, David Montgomery, you're taking Rogers. Most people are. Rogers, Terry McLaurin, Rogers, Deontay Johnson, Rogers. So that's kind of the territory with I think Higgins and Joe Mixon that we're looking at cross positionally. And then quarterbacks were all kind of in that same range, I think, even though Dan is a very well known ageist here in the dynasty community. Uh Devontae Adams, I'm gonna skip ahead here just to stick with Green Bay franchise tagged uh, we talked about this last week with the franchise tags it kind of puts you in that limbo especially if you're a 29 year old receiver if i'm contending probably willing to ride it out with him but i'm not actively looking to acquire Devonte adams especially because there's probably a temporary and immediate value spike right yeah, at least at least for somebody that has him. like it's. I hate having to say it again but like it's so team dependent like if someone offers me dj more the right move to make in Dynasty is to take DJ Moore over Devontae Adams. If I'm in a league to where I want Dev- Devontae Adams points this year, I'm going to keep Devontae. It's, those wide receivers are so weird. To someone's like, Traylon Burks or Devontae. You should take Traylon Burks every day of the week, right? What if I miss? What if I was in the semis the last two years? Mm-hmm. I'm winning money every single year. And I could have Adams for one more. I could probably live without Traylon. And I will end up taking that value hit. I think it's something that not a lot of people like to hit on, but it's okay to not win the value every time if it, if you're ending up in the money each year because of it. Especially for wide receiver, because it is so, you know, there's going to be plenty of opportunities later in the year, the next off season, uh, next year, two years from now, that you can backfill the position. Whereas we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to backfill that. But a Devontae Adams, despite his points over the you know, 25 points per game, 22 points per game in the last two seasons, you, you can find something later in your, I mean, yeah, not that they're on the same level by any means, but you get a Hunter Renfro. That point per game difference isn't as drastic. Still four, five, six points. But when you're looking at a plus six, minus four for interception league at quarterback, 
Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson was quite a discrepancy last season. <laughs> so that's kind of like, like I can appreciate and I, I can buy into the fact you're going for a title. You love the way your team looks right now. I mean, everybody for the most part loves the way the team looks in March, especially if the startup just took place. But Devonte Adams certainly could be that, that piece to the puzzle. Um, Dan, do, do we going to say something there? I was muting. Mrs. Lamagna was going by. Oh, okay. Okay. We don't want to interrupt. Um, so looking at, at this tier that I have, Higgins, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, Diggs, Cop, Tyreek, DK Metcalf, Debo, and then the the 101 to 103 essentially in that tier. It's it, I would be very interested to see what types of moves are made with Devontae Adams included. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll see many where I mean his value is not going to rise throughout the offseason. And then if they do draft a running back early, and I know we say it every year, but maybe maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe Rogers is like, listen, guys, enough whatever we've been doing the last few seasons. I want a wide receiver early. Like, let's can we pencil that into the contract? Not don't type it in, just a little side note. You know, so then you see a Devontae Adams perceived value drop a little bit. I mean, I think for the most part, it's not actionable, but people are probably going to hold in this situation. Green Bay is Green Bay. What happens? You know, sorry, I was just going to say, I know we bring it up every year. Hey, they're going to draft a wide receiver, right? What happens if they get Jameson Williams? Like, what does it do to that offense if you just get a burner like that that could open it up for everybody? I mean, that's going to help Rodgers' value. Adam's value probably isn't going to go up, but it's just going to make that offense so much better. You'd have to think that some of this talk of why he chose Green Bay over the Broncos and all the offensive talent they have is they were like, look, we will get you more playmakers. You would think. We thought that was going to happen last year, the year prior. (laughs) And Hey, not only are we not going to get you a playmaker, we're going to try to draft the player that's going to replace you in the first round. So uh, Devontae Adams, I, I think, honestly, I think Aaron Jones is in the exact same situation that Devontae Adams is in from a market perspective. They're overdue to get that receiver, though. Yeah, the only thing I would say, maybe this opens things up a little bit more in the Aaron Jones market than it might the Devontae Adams because of their, like, if this was their actual, where are we at here? If this is what their price should have been, maybe Devontae Adams was like, here and Aaron Jones was here and now it brings Jones up a little bit more you know I swung as hard as I could today I received an offer for Metcalf I'm like no 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 I want to get a little bit more so I countered with Aaron Jones and Metcalf for the 101 and the 104 and it was rejected within like two seconds of me setting it I'm like you know what probably tried for a little too much there was that the one that the original offer was 104 for dk yeah pretty much yeah 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 well we're we're gonna get to dk here in a second but yeah i I would love to see and i'm sure we're gonna talk about this in the discord non-stop but potential trades involving aaron jones whether you're acquiring him looking to move off him same with uh uh, I was going to say DK Metcalf. We're not there yet. Devonte Adams, but then AJ Dillon, you know, younger asset, his values fairly stable, at least in terms of our running back. So yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers, four years, 200 million. 
a lot of money, a lot of money. Not the only quarterback making waves today, guys. Russell Wilson traded to Denver for a slew of picks. Noah Fant and my man, Drew Locke, lives for at least another day. We'll talk about Drew Locke in a second here, probably longer than we need to. But same thing, Dynasty Impact. Mitch, you know, we don't have to go player by player here. Right. What, stand, what stands out to you here? Let's talk about it from a Denver perspective first. You know, for me, the biggest winner in this, I think, is Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy had a very good chance to wear, you know, I don't think you could have got an early second for him a week ago. But now I think there's a good chance to where if you try to move him today, you could get a mid to a late first. For a wide receiver that's really done nothing, you're counting on Russell Wilson to make it work. So for me, for the value-wise, now I have some Judy shares that I'm like, all right, this is my chance to move him if I don't have a lot of faith in him. I personally don't. If I can move him and Sutton off all my teams, I'm more than happy to do so. But that's only because we've talked about this for months now. This was why you got into these players before this happened, because I fully believed that they were going to get a better quarterback because that franchise knew they had to get a better quarterback. Now what happened? Now I'm happy to move those pieces because I don't really like Sutton or Judy in the first place. How many running backs are you taking over Judy in this rookie class? Burks, London, Wilson, Jameson, anybody else? No, no, no. Garrett, take Wilson. I said Wilson. Did you say Wilson? Yeah, sorry. Um, that's probably the point there. So probably, you know, late first kind of value. I was going to say those four, three running backs, three or four quarterbacks, you're going to take over them. You're looking at 110, 111, mm-hmm. and I think that's fair. But that that, uh, that was kind of the point of indifference there during the early stages of the offseason because everybody was hoping and thinking Denver was going to upgrade that quarterback so it was very difficult to acquire for early second. It was very difficult to move for a mid to late first. So people just kind of stood there doing nothing with their Judy shares. And now we might be able to see some movement. So Dan, Mitch is aboard the Judy value spike, not necessarily aboard the Judy train, but he likes the spike and in, in the potential to move him. What are you thinking with this Denver offense and the dynasty impact? I'm a little mad at myself that I wasn't more aggressive going after Judy this offseason because he's my guy. He always he was, you know, I, I had him over Lamb um, as, as we go back in time. And I did trade, got one extra share this offseason before and rolled the dice in a 16 uh, team league we're all in where I moved Kyle Pitts, which is I just I needed depth. And I got Hawkinson and Judy. And now this trade makes me feel a lot better that about that deal. So I'm very happy there. Um, you know, man, Coach Fangio, how, how, how upset is he today? He's like, you couldn't do this for me a year ago or give me an extra year to be here. Like, you knew, you knew they were a quarterback away. So this is going to be a really interesting offense to watch. You know, we're seeing all the posts today. You know, hey, Russ could carry two receivers. So, you know, even Sutton gets a little bit of uh, flair in there today. The tight end situations – you know, does Albert O become relevant now? This, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Denver's a contender in that uh, AFC West where you need to score 30 points a game, you know, to, to play with Kansas City and the Chargers. Uh, this was an offense we liked a year ago. 
So I mean, all those guys go up in value right now. It's just, you know, I, I need to keep uh, studying Denver and Coach Hackett and where he's going to go with this offense. The, the, that's the thing, too. Like, this offense is going to look completely different, not just from Russell Wilson coming in, but the overall scheme, I think, in general. What we saw in 2021, I had to think about what year it was. I had to look at my clock when I said that. What we saw in 2021, it's not going to be reflected here in 2022 with Hackett and Outen, Uten, Outen, Justin Outen coming in, the old tight ends coach there in Green Bay. So there's a lot of things happening here that I want to run through. And it's funny that Mitch brought up Jerry Judy as the main beneficiary from a value spike. Because I think, and maybe this is more of a production thing, but I think Cortland Sutton is a big beneficiary here. So last year, Russ was top 10 in deep pass yards per attempt. So anything over 20 air yards, he was at 14.5 yards per attempt. Bridgewater and Locke were in the bottom eight at 9.4 and 10.2 respectively. Cortland Sutton, whenever he was targeted down the field over 20 yards, quarterback rating of 70, 70. And then you look at Russ last year, his quarterback rating was 115 whenever he targeted Tyler Lockett down the field. So oh, how I was just going to say, how much is that he's targeting Lockett and Metcalf to where now he's going to have to be targeting Sutton? Maybe it isn't all Bridgewater and Lock. Maybe a little bit is the players that Russ was being able to throw to. And now he's throwing to someone else. Oh, that's certain. That is certainly a possibility. I'm not, I don't want to discard that at all, but I do think it's going to raise bringing Russ in. You can't think it's not going to raise Sutton and Judy. And then Albert O last year, 15 yards per route run. You know, I love yards per route run looking at the tight end position at 1.94. And people want to say Russ doesn't target his tight ends. His tight ends get hurt every single year in Seattle as a, a tight end room. Each of the last three years, 20% target share. Is that a massive haul? No, but Albert O now without Noah Fant with that yards per route run, I expect that to come down a little bit. If he's on the field more, he's not going to maintain that efficiency. You would think, but the, the misconception, and it is a misconception that Russell Wilson's not going to look his way. I actually think that Albert O and Mitch, you were out on him before. So I'd be interested to see what tune you're whistling right now, but he was one of the few guys across Denver and Seattle that moved for me as a result of this. I bumped him up a tier and I would have no issue taking him in that 12 to 15 range. Yeah. It's just not the kind of tight end that I want on my team. That's the problem is sure. He's going to be there. But I've still, I've always tried to build my teams as much as I can around the elite tight ends. And when I see someone like Albert O, whose value is going to spike because of this, you're right. He's probably the biggest gainer out of all of this. And do I really like him more than Dawson Knox? No, but he's probably going to cost more than Dawson Knox is right now. Do pivot, I like, that's the pivot opportunity right there then. Right. Do I like him more than Cole Komet? Definitely not. But... Alberto is probably be more expensive right now. And so that's just the reason why he's like, he's the Tyler Higby of years past to where everybody's going to be talking him up all year. And at that point, 
there just aren't that many good tight ends that I really care about. If someone has to be hyped up all off season, they're probably not that great of a tight end to begin with. Yeah, but you didn't like Alberto to begin with. It's true. You didn't like him. But we're playing in two PPR leagues for tight ends. The market is going to be there. But I would say, even though I bumped him up a tier, I would have to label him. Once we get new information coming out of uh, the different values and market adjustments across the board on the weekly show, The Pivot Point, only on the Dynasty Theory Patreon every Friday, he's probably going to be one of those market inefficiencies where it makes sense to move him. So what I'm, what am I doing right now with these players? I'm shopping Alberto at the increased price, even though I do like him, but I think the, the value spike is going to outweigh his production. Possibly look like it's going to be so hard to acquire Sutton or Judy at, at a reasonable price, but maybe, maybe there's somebody the way Mitch is looking at Judy that has just been sitting on Cortland Sutton and he's been rotting on their teams. Maybe that's the person you want to attack in your leagues because then you can get them at a reasonable price because they're just looking to get the heck out of Dodge. They want to get rid of Cortland Sutton. Maybe you can do something and package together a few uh, seconds, uh, maybe future third, get those together in a package and ship them off for Sutton or uh, maybe a deal involving Albert O if that team doesn't have a tight end. Just a few possibilities. But I would say Sutton might be the player that intrigues me the most based on perceived value. And ultimately the production we see, because I think Mitch is selling him short a little bit. I would agree from fit too. Russ throws one of the nicest deep balls in the National Football League. And that plays, I think, right to Cortland Sutton. And I think production will go up. I'm really intrigued by why this trade happens. You know, you just don't trade elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, we've seen some reports last year where, I don't know if it was the NFL GMs or whoever saying kind of Russ looked like he lost the step or he's not looking that impressive. So is Seattle saying to themselves, okay, now's the time to sell. We're inside the locker room. We know he's healthy. We've got elite wide receivers. This is, this is the time. They get the ninth pick overall in the draft now. Is that Malik Willis time? Do they see, hey, we could get ourselves a franchise quarterback that we loved at the scouting combine and that we believe in? You know, he did really good in the meeting rooms. He tested good. He looks good. So they get their guy. They get a nice pick again next year as well, and they rebuild. Russ says, hey, I'm happy to waive this no-trade clause. The Pete Carroll thing's getting old. It's time to get out of Seattle. I improved my offensive line. I've still got young weapons. I got a running game that takes the pressure off, and I'm going to prolong my career for two, three years. So I see it as a win-win, but a very interesting trade. Any impact on Javante? Mitch, you kind of had a tweet that was uh, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, and it was – what was it? Uh, keep trade cut. We'll have him worth 15 first here very shortly. <laughs> but, I mean, like, everyone is just going to hype him up more now, which it's fine. I understand why. I mean, a running back in a Russ offense is very, very good to have more so than in a drew lock offense. I mean, I think that's perfectly clear. So, or a honestly, Teddy Bridgewater offense right now, he's probably actually worth what everyone was saying he was worth back in January. But and his values even surpassed that. Now it's probably going to, I, I don't know. It's still hard for me. I'm, I would look to shop him. If, oh, if, yeah. If this is creating even more buzz, I'm not saying he's going to go above that running back four price tag, but if people are willing to pay a little bit more, heck, I, I was already shopping them. The only thing here, I mean, not to say 
that that offense is not going to be significantly better with Russell Wilson because that's why you make a move like this. It's why the Rams made a move last year to get Matthew Stafford, and that paid dividends, obviously. But the big thing here, last year, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams each had nine carries inside the five-yard line. You would have to think that Russell Wilson coming over, they sustain longer drives. They're able to get the ball in inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the five. And that's where Javante and or Melvin Gordon, they're going to see more production from a fantasy standpoint because we know carries inside the five significantly more valuable than even inside the 20 to 10. So that, that's a big win for them. So Javante, Alberto, Sutton, Judy, Tim Patrick. What about Tim Patrick? <laughs> Intriguing? Sure. Don't care? Don't Nothing care? Nothing wrong. I mean, if you have him on your team, you're happy right now. Would you move him for an early third? Because that's probably the, the price tag. I'd probably keep him for an early third. Okay. Talked about Russ. Uh, you know, Russ going from a team that was bottom two in passing attempts to a team that was bottom 10, but new coaching staff. I think we see the passing volume pick up a little bit in Denver. Maybe that's wishful thinking. All right. On to the other side, Seattle DK lock it really quick rundown. Mitch, what are your thoughts? Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I think that's what's the, what the Seahawks are going to do with, with Lockett. Mm -hmm. I can't see Bobby Wagner was just released. I can't see a world where Tyler Lockett, is on that roster in what a week, two weeks. I can't see it. Lock it to green Bay. Oh, everybody to green Bay. That's just what we're going to say now. <laughs> but I would actually say I'm not, I'm not looking to move lock it because right now the way it stands, his quarterback is drew the God lock. <laughs> and I say that in jest, of course, anybody that's been listening to dynasty theory in the, in the discord on Twitter, they know that I have my fair share of drew lock shares. But the market's not going to be there for Lockett when it was already deflated in the dynasty community. I actually think, so here's my thought. With Fant, DK, they're both going to be there in Seattle. Let's say they do bring in another quarterback via the NFL draft. And they, they start with Lock and they go 0-4 oh and, and like, all right, let's pull the plug. Let's go in another direction. That offense could could shape up a little bit more. It, it could be like I think DK his price is going to drop to the point that it makes sense to throw some feelers out. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I do. Is his production going to see a hit? Absolutely. We talked about the the success that both he and Lockett had with Russell Wilson and the uh, success down the field. But that price is going to drop. And I, I think Noah Fant overall, I think production versus value, it's like a lateral move. I I think his production will match his value. So if it drops a little bit, maybe his production drops a little bit, that wouldn't surprise me at all. So I would say Fant, if you are a true believer, then you're going to see the upside here. Well, there's no Albert O. That team's probably not going to be playing from behind more often. They start to see an uptick in passing attempts, but then if you didn't like him to begin with, well, now he's behind DK and Lockett. Drew Lock throwing him the ball still. Malik Willis is going to be there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I would be shocked at this point. And there'll be like, such buzz around that. Yeah. 
Do you guys think I can package Locke with a third for a second anywhere? I've seen crazier things happen, so I yeah. think there's a chance. I mean, you're in a thousand leagues now, so it should probably happen at least point zero one percent of the time. I'm going to test the waters. I'm going to blast that out. I'm going to offer up Drew Locke just <laughs> to anybody, and I'm sure it's going to be rejection, rejection, rejection. But you sit on them; they most likely are going to bring another quarterback, and then any value is lost. I want to go back to a comment that Greg had in the chat. And I think it's a valid point. Let's say Denver drafts another tight end. Let's say Denver, I would say free agency, but every tight end is going to be locked up here on the franchise tag. Immediately, you see Alberto's value drop a little bit because of that. So it even I, to me, it even pushes it more that his value now, if you get out, hedge that bet a little bit, avoid that potential risk with them bringing another tight end in, his his value is surpassing what his production could be, but that, that's just my thought. That's just my thought. Uh, da, 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 da. Nick, Nick, feeling better about moving DK for Amon Ra on a twenty three first. I was told I was crazy. You look like a freaking genius now, Nick. Yeah, I love it was it. a good trade then. Better trade now. Yeah, DK. I I, I honestly don't know. I got to check. I think I might have been one, one league. So a yeah. little more than one percent roster ship. <laughs> I just, you know, uh, but now, hey, like I said, I'm going to go take a look, see what the price is. TJ, that Lockett contract extension looking tough for a trade, 30 million dead cap this year and 21 next. Yeah, maybe they just eat some of that and cut them in, you know, I who knows. Mike Williams, three years, $60 million. Josh Palmer truthers are crying in the corner. Mike Williams this this is the best case scenario for him. Mm -hmm. Best case scenario. You know, I'd like to see. I called it he when I said he was going to be a wide receiver one this time. You know, when I said it back in September, I was a little wrong, but I completely foresaw all of this happening, and he's like a wide receiver three probably in dynasty value. But uh, I I was going to say like is it twenty seven to thirty one fair? Yeah, exactly. I mean, a little bit probably behind Keenan. But like really close to Keenan just because of his age, you know, it's one of those weird things to where you're going off the talent versus the age and that. But I'm not really, you know, I hate saying it, but like it doesn't make me want him anymore. I'm not like, hey, I have Mike Williams. I'm like, okay, well, at least he's not going to the Texans. So that's a plus. Here's the type of move I would look to make because, again, this this couldn't have gone any better for Mike Williams. Three years tied to Justin Herbert. I, I, Dan's on mute over there. I think he's getting yelled at. Who knows? Or just adjusting the hat. But a move that I might look to make, and this is a glimpse into the pivot point, patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory, five bucks a month free for March. Mike Williams in return, uh, Mike Williams plus for my Darnell Mooney. And I think that could get done. There's, there's going to be plenty of ageists in your league. Dan LaMagna, where something like that could get done. Uh, uh, Kadarius Tony for Mike Williams type deal. Could that get done? Oh, yeah, I think so. So, again, I know he's 27 years old, turns 28 in, in October, but this is the best case scenario for Mike Williams. So I somebody that I will be throwing a few feelers out is because people are going to be thrown off by the age, and maybe now they have the opportunity to dump him, just like Cortland Sutton. 
just like Jerry Judy that we talked about earlier. So Mike Williams, somebody I'm looking to possibly go out and get. Dan, you've been quiet tonight. What's going on? I'm soaking it all in, man. I'm just soaking it all in here. You know, that that Los Angeles Chargers offense, I, I'm hoping it could evolve. Do they improve the O-line? I mean, just absolutely love Justin Herbert, but they've got to be better next year. You know, you, you can't not make the playoffs when you have Justin Herbert, and now Russ comes into the division here. So, you know, either Palmer's got to evolve as a better number three or the tight end position has to evolve. You know, I think there's still – potential ceiling there Mike Williams if the guy could just stay healthy and that offense could take a jump but it'll be interesting yeah it's somebody that I I I, like I said I'm looking to to acquire and trying to throw out some of those possibilities uh looking at the running backs would you do Dan because I know you like this other gentleman would you do Damien Harris for Mike Williams I'd rather Mike Williams Mitch same T.E.H. Rather oh. Damian Harris or Mike Williams. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Mike Williams in a second. Yeah. All right. And then looking at the rookie wide receivers, we talked about the big four. And then would you take Alave, David Bell, Pickens, Dotson, and Sky Moore over him? Alave. I don't know about the rest yet. We'll see with Jack Capital. Okay. And that, that's, I think that's certainly f- fair. So five rookie wide receivers, you mix in eight, nine other players across the board. Now we're looking at 203-ish range. There's no Greg's way, no way I'm taking a Sky Moore or David Bell, you know, maybe Olave or Dotson, but I think there's a separation. I'd really be watching landing spots. I gotta look here. Hold on. I'm on the clock in a startup. Is Mike Williams available? Hey John, we have a show here. We're not we're, you know, he's you not know, available. I, I've he's... heard about this startup. I hear it's a very fun talkative group and no, that's, everyone gets along really well that's the other one that's that oh i forget you're in like 10 startups at once two just two all right so I, I i won't waste your time with my startup pick greg says who will the chargers tight end be just for value sake and for the the shares i have please god let it be evan engram please <laughs> right yeah. so i can get him off a few of my rosters i'm Ill- i gotta be over 30 percent rostership i have to be And I I even dumped a few shares fairly cheap last year, but we were so excited. We were, and oh my God, Greg, perfect segue. Thank you. We were so excited for a lot of these tight ends, right? Well, Mike Gesicki, Dalton Schultz, David and Jokey, and Jokey, and Joku are franchise tag. Jokey. That's like an Italian dish there you just created. (laughs) A little and Jokey. So Mike Gesicki, I don't think that's out of left field. Dalton Schultz, not out of left field. David and Jokey? All right, that's the last in Jokey. The D- David and Joku, I thought it was more humorous, apparently. Whatever, I don't care. David and Joku, $11 million? Like, what? I don't understand this one at all. Like, two of them make complete sense. Schultz makes sense. They got rid of Cooper, right? They should have kept Cooper and let Schultz go. It's not right. official yet, Mitch. It's not okay. official. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But Gasecki, also, you can see why he's franchise tag. I do not understand why they franchised Njoku. Like, they have Hooper. Okay, they're going to cut Hooper. All right. They have um, Bryant there, who's perfectly fine. Like, I don't. The Browns were once the team 
three years ago to where everyone looked and like, you know what? That's how you build a franchise. And every year since you're like, they're just the Browns. <laughs> they're why, why still you, the same Browns. Why do you think I haven't changed our intro yet? It was only Dan, a matter of time. Dan, there's too much dysfunction in Cleveland and who knows what's going to happen with this move. But yeah, I, I was hoping, I think a lot of people selfishly were hoping that David Njoku was going to go elsewhere. Same way I'm talking about Evan Ingram, but value wise, best case, well, best case scenario will be if the Cowboys come to terms on a longer term deal for Dalton Schultz, that'll be best, best case scenario. But I think this is a very good scenario for him. He's a volume dependent, less athletic tight end. And I know all oh, Packy's ears are probably ringing our buddy in the discord, but it's true. Mike Kosicki, was he going to get that target share elsewhere? Was he going to get that heavily, heavy utilization out of the slot? Probably not. So again, best case scenario for him, at least for 22, because any, these guys could have gone to a crummy situation. Sure. They could have gone to Los Angeles but there are those crummy situations out there as well. So I, I, I like it for two of these guys. I hate it for one. Yeah, I, I love the, the Giuseppe piece. I think uh, I'm proud of Mitchell and I, when we did talk about free age or the tag, I think Mitch's guy was Mike Williams and mine was Giuseppe is they were kind of our most prominent guys. It was just, Hey, they're going to get tagged. They're not, they're not letting them go. They're not going anywhere. And they stood Schultz. He's a solid receiving tight end that has great chemistry with Dak. I wish he could block better. That's my only concern, but hopefully they sign a block and tight end, but great one for Dallas there. It makes sense. And Juco, my question is, is Austin Hooper staying, leaving? What are they doing? Like somehow Cleveland for fantasy purposes needs to get that from three to two. If that could go from three to two, cause I love Harrison Bryant. I, I like all their tight ends to some degree. Cause they, they utilize the tight end in their offense, but someone's got to go and it's down to Hooper. So is there any upward or downward movement for you guys for the two, Gesicki and Schultz? They are staying where they were for me. Staying right where they are. I had Schultz a little bit lower. I'd probably put him closer to the two. Komet and Gesicki right now, I'd probably put all of them in the same tier. But I mean, that's a very, very small move up, but that's it. Yeah, I have Gesicki one above. I am with Knox Fryermuth. Still deciding on Fant what I want to do if I want to drop him down mm-hmm. just a little bit. But, like, again, ultimately, is it a, a dynasty team breaking type move or slight shift in evaluation? Most likely not. But Dalton Schultz, we've talked about this. Even in 2 PPR, I will move him for 109, 110. 111 and i've tried and we had some folks very adamant jb you're crazy look at what he did i'm gonna buy at that price i haven't found a buyer yet so if they're out there i have dalton schultz in the league that you're in with me shoot me over an offer 108 109 110 i will snap accept dan any movement for schultz or gesicki like i said i mean i like them both but they're not moving up by any means i just think they're in a good situation they're the right where you want them i wouldn't overvalue either of them either no and it's good to see too and, and somebody in our discord again great conversations and ideas floating around but they said that it's all you know you should be a little hesitant maybe i think it was gordon a little hesitant whenever these teams let these players go like austin hooper why didn't they franchise them and now we're seeing it with dalton schultz and mike Kosicki. 
that not necessarily a, a huge stamp of approval because it's not the longer term contract, but it's still a somewhat glowing endorsement that they wanted these guys to stick around. Oh, and one more franchise tag, Chris Godwin. But it sounds like they are trying to work out a longer term deal. The million dollar so. question is who's the quarterback? I think Dallas is trying to work out a longer term deal with Schultz as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jacecki like. does as well. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And I, I think those are the best two scenarios, again, it, to compare it with Njoku. It's not like we're praying, please get out of that situation, get out of that crowded tight end room. These are two spots that Schultz and Gasicki can flourish, especially with Blake Jarwin, the, the hip injury that is not common among NFL players. It's common among other sports. That's kind of a concern, right? So who knows what's going to happen there? Last thing, this is more like the rumor mill, if you will. Multiple teams are calling the Panthers about Christian McCaffrey, and they want a first and a player. Oh, man, they're in for a rude awakening. Who said in that? I'm just trying to decide who. Like, who's really trading for him, wants the contract, I have a hard time even naming a team who I think is going to do it. You know what I mean? You know, Buffalo, what, what, Buffalo, Buffalo would be intriguing, but they're not. They're right. they've been so smart about things. I don't think they're sending a first, let alone a first and a player. Yeah, a team that's drafting later. Maybe they can't get a Brees Hall, and he could fit an offense. You know what does Tampa Bay do with Uncle Lenny if they don't resign him? Is that an ideal landing spot to get a, some some offense there now that Brady's gone? I don't know with their cap situation, right? But they get the cap situations. Yeah, it's Poor a big Christian concern in McCaffrey Tampa Bay. Goes from Darnold to Trask. Oh, man, that would be horrible. Hey, he could have 200 receptions for <laughs> 400 <laughs> yards. Buffalo yeah, just, would be uh, scary. That would be cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be interesting. Ultimately, I don't think anything happens here. Same. I think Christian McCaffrey, at his price right now, he's in that range of running backs that he's not necessarily valued as a JT a Swift, a Javante Williams. What about potential... team of Philadelphia? Sorry, I got excited there. Three draft picks in the first round. They have a first to pick. They they they, they let a Miles Sanders or Kyle, you know, Gainwell or somebody go in the deal. There's your player. Yeah, I could see it. That one makes a little sense, you know. Yeah, it could be intriguing. They can get down the field. Christian McCaffrey can do all the work, and Jordan Howard can punch it in if he comes back. You know, I... I don't know, but McCaffrey falls in that range of running backs that due to their inflated or deflated price, even though typically you say don't buy running backs, don't acquire them in the offseason, especially pre-NFL draft, because we want to see how things shake out, free agency NFL draft. But the price might make sense because of the current running back landscape. But that could be a conversation that could. Atlanta, Atlanta wants to win now. Matty Ryan's only got a few years. They need a heck of a lot more than Christian McCaffrey. I don't like it. You don't I like, like it? the other one. You like the other one? You like this one? Final thoughts. Where, where's, that, where's that coming from? Who's? That might be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. So, yeah. So Dan's final thought is I got to figure out technology guys, because who was that? Was that Max Kellerman coming through? I think it was. I, I had the ESPN site on there. 
I was oh, looking that, at the the draft order, and then I guess it was like video playing in the background. This sounds like <laughs> copyright infringement. Now I think ESPN is going to shut this down. All right, Mitch, what is your final thought here? You, right. really didn't, wow. wait, you, didn't, you didn't like the first one. It it was okay. I got I got to tweak it now. I got to tweak yeah. it again. Well, we need the sound. Final thought. Yeah, I know. I liked everything else, but all I'm going to say is because we couldn't talk about wide receivers tonight. Is don't forget about Jamison Williams. I think we're going to see him sliding down in ADP a little bit. I don't think NFL teams are going to let him slide down at all, especially with Burks having, you know, pretty a good combine, but not the blow up one everyone was expecting. I think Jamison is going to go a lot higher than people are expecting. I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the first 18, 19 picks of the NFL draft, and he's going to be the kind of wide receiver who I'm going to get the back end of the first round in rookie drafts, and I'm going to love doing it all day long. I'm 100% on board with you. And you're joining me for the pivot point this Friday, right? Yep. So I think we can talk about, it could be an extended show, four-hour extravaganza. And then I, I know I always talk about the Patreon, but we're also doing the live draft party. First two days of the NFL draft, we have some giveaways, some stupid fun games planned. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, j- just hanging out, having a few beverages sharing a few laughs. It's all about the good times. All right. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at dynasty theory. FF. If you enjoy the show, hit that subscribe button, wherever you get your content and check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty theory. Dan, you lost your final thought privileges. I'm sorry, buddy. It's fair. You threw me off tonight. Anyway, you know, I'm in rookie (laughs) mode for my final thoughts. The show notes change. So I just can't wait to talk wide receivers at some point here. That's really pent up. Well, now I feel bad. What was your final thought? Yeah, I was just going to give a shout out to it, it, it fit more with the rookies, but for anyone playing IDP leagues, okay, I work at Lackawanna College and our boy Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, he was a transfer from Lackawanna, ran a 4-4-9-40, 22 reps in the bench, jumped well. Uh, look out for this guy in the IDP leagues, man. Proud of our boy. All right, so everything I just said for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll see all of you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.